0: Hey, what's going on guys? Welcome back to another video. So a few days ago, John Favreau was in an interview, and I posted this on Twitter, which you can follow me, at RealSWTheory. He was interviewed where he actually revealed that Grogu was training with Luke for two years. There's tons of articles that are talking about it now. It's definitely making the rounds all across the internet, and I covered this in the live stream yesterday. However, I do want to make a soul video about it, because I don't know if this is some kind of a cover-up that they're just trying to say, because uh, of a lot of people including myself thinking that it was a little bit too hasty for Grogu to go back to the Mandalorian after being with Luke you know where was the real training now John Favreau says that it was two years that he was training as a Jedi with Luke Skywalker and learning the ways of the Force well, I want to see that two years and I think a lot of us want to see that too so so perhaps there will be a time or a show where they will cover those two years indeed and show us of all the things that happened with Grogu and Luke. Now, if he was training with Luke for two freaking years, I mean, that's more than Luke trained with Yoda on Dagobah. So it makes me wonder just how powerful is Grogu now that he's able to do all these things, hopefully, that we'll get to see in this season of The Mandalorian season three. So let's go ahead and listen to the clip.
2: Is definitely somebody who has time in both worlds. And uh, we know that he started off uh, earlier in the Jedi Temple. We've seen flashbacks to that, uh, that that speak to that. And then we know that he's been rescued and spent many years with the Mandalorian, went back with, with Luke. Now we've been two years apart from him there training. What's interesting is that as he chooses to return to his friend, the Mandalorian, because he's developed an attachment... It's interesting how that echoes in a way Luke's path when he was you know was drawn to the attachment to his friends and how that helped shape the future so I think that you're pointing out an interesting thing that, that we definitely discuss a great deal of where does he sit and who has come before him and and what is the relationship of those two well, the way civilizations because the, the Mandalorian armor as Dave has taught me uh, you know is was developed to counteract all of the natural abilities that the jedi had and made it a more of a level playing field so we have a lot to draw from both from the clone wars where they both cooperated and fought and we also have ancient history as as is uh as we saw in games and an extended universe where we know what you're referring to which is that they didn't get along very well in the past so that's a very interesting valid perspective
0: Hi. that nice little uh nice little laugh from dave when he talks about the extended so universe,
2: that they, the universe know what you're referring
0: uh what could we what could we be getting from the extended universe hey eh? anyways so if grogu has been training for this long with of course luke skywalker you know what the heck was mando up to in those two years i feel like we saw a fair bit of um, boba but it really didn't feel like two years of time had passed so i'm thinking you know where is that two years is it going to be covered in a book maybe a game Maybe a comic book. Either way, I'm making this video because I want to see those two freaking years. And I want to know exactly how far in the force as a Jedi has Grogu become? Has Grogu gone? Are we going to see him wield the lightsaber for the first time? As we know, Moff Gideon looked at him with the dark saber and he was like, Ah, remember this... And so, clearly, Grogu knows what a lightsaber is, perhaps he has used one, and him being 50 years old means that he is about the same age as Anakin Skywalker, which means they were around the temple at the same time, meaning that Grogu was definitely training with Count Dooku. He was training, you know, when when Anakin was just nine years old, he was brought to the Jedi Temple. So Grogu was there, possibly, during that entire time and before that. So does this mean he trained with Dooku, Mace Windu, Yoda? Is he the son of Yoda and Yaddle? What is his story? What is his lineage to the Yoda species? Is he the direct descendant of the Jedi Grandmaster, or is he his, you know, nephew, or, or is he something else? Either way, I'm very curious to see what happened in these two years, and I want to know his progression in the Force going forwards in The Mandalorian, and this is hopefully going to explain, maybe they're adding this in there, you know, randomly, or maybe this was always destined and it was planned, but maybe they're putting this in there because of Grogu's ability that's going to be shown in The Mandalorian Season 3 where he's just gonna blow our minds. You know, in season one, he was able to force choke Cara Dune. He was able to do a few other things with the force, but he got very tired. So he forgot how to use the force properly. Now, after two years of training with Luke Skywalker, how far has his level become and how far can he now go with the force without getting tired and exhausted and passing out? So those are all the things that I wanna know and I wanna see in the Mandalorian season three. So let me know what you guys think will happen with Grogu going forwards. What do you think happened in those two years? Are we ever going to see that or is it just kind of glossed over and these are just things that we'll have to understand uh, from interviews? Uh, and this one is from Skywalking Through Neverland. So you can go check out that YouTube channel if you want. It's got the full interview. I think it's like an 11 or 18-minute or interview or something like that. So a lot of cool stuff in there. And I hope you guys enjoyed this vid, enjoyed my thoughts on it, and let me know what you think down below in the comments. Catch you all in the next one. Until then, may the Force be with you what's up everybody welcome back to rule of two today we have a very special guest once again emily swallow the armorer from the mandalorian today we're going to be answering a lot of fan questions talking about the mando and some of her other work as well so emily how's it going
1: hi it's going great glad to be here yeah Um, well you know little little tidbit john told me that originally when he wrote that scene that uh that she died she sacrificed herself and oh. I'm so glad that he changed his mind
0: <laughs> well, we she were all wondering-
2: herself for what so oh that
1: yeah, they a in and for, for the child so that yeah. they she she wound up dying at the end when he first wrote it she so died she in, the
2: gets in between she gets in between the melee and she takes the brunt of the, yeah. of the violence and then she takes the oh okay Wow. yeah interesting
0: now something I don't know if you can answer this but that fight scene also reminded me a bit of darth maul just the fluidity of it and something you know a f- fan theory out there is that your helmet has the same sort of horns that a zabrak has on their head
1: I've heard that theory yeah
0: is there any sort of thing you could talk about regarding that or is there any sort of I, don't I know, zabrak honestly don't know. It?
1: nobody <laughs> nobody told me anything about it so it just
0: looks cool like a yeah. gladiator i guess all right fair enough yeah. that's my question
1: I mean, you know, we we, we have to admit that uh, the armorer as practical as she is and as skilled as she is, she's also, I think she makes some fashion choices because she's working with fire all the time and yet she's wearing this fur cape. So I feel like there are some <laughs> adornments on her True. costume that might right. not have a purpose. They might just be because she's like, I think that looks good.
2: Was that something that you were thinking about as you were shooting? Like, I have this fur cape that the cat on fire. <laughs> like, it, 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 is a, it didn't like, is that? Cross it's my it's Star Wars. It's, yeah. you know, it's fire it's Star Wars, Wars
1: and Wars. I feel like it's just a testament to how skilled she actually is because she's not worried about it. <laughs>
2: right? That's cool. That's cool, Kath. I saw you wanted to get in a question there.
1: Oh, what well, was I was going to backtrack like a lot, but Go for to, it. to piggyback off of what you were saying about the energy on set. I believe I read, and correct me if I'm wrong, but you were present the day that George Lucas himself was on set. Yes. Can you speak to what the energy was like that day? Like, what was that like? It was, I mean, I was in awe. I think everybody was in awe. And he was standing there, you know, holding court and just telling all these great stories. And and the thing that I just couldn't shake was this feeling of, of wonder that this... This man who created these stories over 40 years ago with a lot of pushback, you know, it was hard for him to get the the first film made. Um, He's still around to see what has happened after decades of like new technology and filmmaking and so many different ways that these stories have been shot and, and reimagined. And um and it's still going. His legacy is still going and he gets to be there for it and I just can't imagine what that must be like. But it was yeah, he came for John's birthday and it was really fun to get to cool. just sit there and and stare really. Was everyone trying to just like play it cool like be natural or was everyone low key like <laughs> freaking out a little bit? A little bit of both, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: Did he have any sort of input at all and like oh maybe you know that'd be cool but w- what if we do this or what if we do that in this scene or was there any mm-hmm. sort of that or was he just
1: i don't know i mean he, he wasn't around when i was shooting so i i can't okay. say for sure
0: i w- would have wondered what his input would have been for stuff yeah. but it seems like i feel like the whole mandalorian show kind of takes a lot of um touch from his show that he was going to make before he sold to disney about the the underworld of coruscant and it's, it's kind of like the underworld show of star wars i feel like the mandalorian and now yeah. that we're going into the book of boba fett i can't imagine he took the throne i can't imagine what we're going to see going forwards with that yeah. whole crime world's be pretty sick but i hope we see you again in season three or you know, something bring bring all those mandos that we saw in episode two of season one back
1: i know there's, there's so many incredible characters yeah what the hell we got to find out what happened to him right
0: yeah and, and something i always wondered too is in the credits um the the i forgot his name the big armor not 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 the armor sorry the the big the big mandalorian with the the Gallic gun um his last name was visla
1: Paz Visla yeah
0: yeah so what the heck is that is he house of visla like is he connected to Pre? <laughs> like that's that's Like, I feel like there's so much more to know about all of these characters, and I feel like they can bring them all back and kind of flesh it out, especially with now Bo going, you know, to Mandalore, I assume, with Din and figuring stuff out. Mm -hmm. I think it's going to lead stuff up for a a sweet uh, season three.
1: I think so. I think they're very smart in the way they've been dropping little little breadcrumbs here and there.
0: Oh, yeah. But Emily? (laughs) (laughs) You're comfortable with that?
1: I, I can do that, sure.
0: Okay. All right, everyone. We'll we'll see you later. Right. Thanks so much.
1: This is the way.